Welcome to the Self-Talk Radio Show. Mind-changing radio. Welcome to Self-Talk Radio Show. I'm Sarah Spencer, and my next guest, if you are tired of dating disappointments, you do not want to miss this show. Best-selling author Dr. Sky Blossoms has written the book Best Thing Ever. She's an international speaker and frequent media guest. She's been featured on CBS Radio, Boston Business Journal, Fox News, Bloomberg, Business Week, and ABC, among many, many others. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sky Blossoms. Thank you so much. How are you, Sarah? So far, so good. Recovering from Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, it sounds like a wild night, recovery. (laughs) Well, you know, it wasn't wasn't one of those wild nights, but uh, what propelled you to write Best Thing Ever? Well, that's such a great question. Um, I, when I was found myself after years of disappointments and uh, being in that position, like, is there the right person for me? Am I meant to be in a happy relationship? Why one after another fail? All of a sudden, I'm in this incredibly happy marriage where everything is in the flow, and it feels like this is the easiest thing I've ever done. And what they talk about, like, relationship takes hard work and this and that, that was not applicable at all. And we were um, in a beautiful space of Costa Rica and enjoying life, and I thought, people need to know about this. They need to know that it doesn't have to be a struggle. It doesn't have to be hard. And it's actually fairly easy once you do it, right? And, um, yeah, and I, I just wanted to share. And I started also wondering, is, um, is our relationship a happy accident? Did we just stumble upon something and it happens once in a blue moon? And I decided to do research and see uh, whether what worked for us worked for other couples and actually what did work for couples who were happy for many years together. And I interviewed dozens and some dozens of celebrity couples and really couples where you see them and no matter how many years they've been together, the passion and the affection for each other and deepest respect is tangible. It's like almost so present you can touch it. And um, I started talking to them, and it turned out that we all shared the same perspective. Everything that I came to believe and apply in my own life turned out to be exactly what they did. Um, we would put it in maybe different words or terminology, but the actions remained the same. And that's how Best Thing Ever book came about. So what keeps people from finding their true love? What keeps people? Well, a few things. Um, First of all, of course, the belief system, which is rooted in a lot of trauma that we endure from early childhood. First of all, how many people do actually believe that happy relationships exist and B, that it's possible for them? Most people are in doubt. We, they're hoping like, oh, maybe it will happen for me, but I'm not sure. I hope it does, but it might not. Right. So it takes that certainty that absolutely I want it. That means I can create it for myself. And I totally know that the right person is out there for me. Um, so that's number one. The, the second biggest fear that I see um, that holds people back from a happy relationship is the fear of getting hurt. Because um, all of us, we have been through our fair share of heartbreaks and disappointments and dating their own person or going through a, a train wreck relationship. Um, and we don't want to get hurt again. And we're afraid to open up and we're afraid to be 
vulnerable. And, of course, that gets in the way of intimacy because intimacy is a place where you get completely naked, not only physically with your clothes off, but you get naked emotionally and you get to be seen. And that's terrifying from most people. Yeah. How do you know whether, you know, you talk about taking your clothes off. (laughs) I just have to go there, you know. How do you know whether you're in love with somebody or you're in in lust with somebody? Oh, that is such a great question. So great. Glad you're asking me because people get confused about that all the time. So here's the definition. Well, being in love and love... Spiritually speaking, you can feel love for any living creature once you open yourself to that possibility. And in my life workshops, I have helped people to fall in love with a complete stranger within 20 minutes. That's possible. However, that type of love that you feel, it's your soul and your heart recognizing the beauty of the soul that is before you. But it doesn't mean necessarily that you would want to engage with them intimately or have a relationship with them. You just feel deep degree of appreciation and pure connection, and that is love. <clears throat> now, love, that kind of love and regard, high regard for another being coupled with chemistry, that what possibly can turn into a wonderful, wonderful relationship. Plus, add common interests and common goals, and then you have very good, solid foundation. Now, what people confuse with love, and that's related to your question in terms of lust, that's the uh, polarity, the hormonal cocktail that gets infused, that our blood gets infused with, where you feel like, oh my God, it has chills up and down my spine. When I see this person, I only think about him or her, and I already feel like, you know, that, that. that um, excitement and arousal, so likely that is lust, and it's simply rooted in Mother Nature's design to make sure that we procreate. And the difference between love and lust are uh, a few. When you feel like you're losing your head, when you cannot think straight and you just like totally turn into awkward behavior when you see someone, that is lust. It's not love. That's just physical attraction and hormones messing with your mind. When you get obsessive and you're like staring at the phone and can't wait for it to ring, this is lust in a session. It's not love. When you, um, from my experience and from the couples that I interviewed, when you meet the person with whom you have really great potential to build solid relationship in the long run, there is absolutely an element of chemistry and this electricity between the two of you. But at the same time, you feel absolutely calm and at home. And feeling at home is probably the most often description that I would get from all couples that I've interviewed or came across, that you feel at home with your partner. And when you feel at home, you feel relaxed, you feel natural, you feel that you can be yourself, You don't have to pretend, you don't have to play games, you don't have to uh, sugarcoat anything, but you have the degree of comfort with one another where you can just be, and you trust that you are received just the way you are, and you offer the same level of acceptance to your partner, yeah? That's one of the best um, definitions I've ever heard of the difference between love and lust. Uh, Love is Mm -hmm. feeling like you're at home, and that's 
Couldn't think of a better way to describe that feeling. We're speaking with Dr. Sky Blossom. She's the number one best-selling author of award-winning book, Best Thing Ever, discussing what stands between you and true love. Now, what are some of the myths even smart people believe that actually kill relationships? Oh, um, well, one of the myths, I think, is, is that the relationship is give and take. And when people approach it from give and take perspective, they inevitably build a platform for, dis- for future disappointment. And here's why. Um, when you do something for another with an expectation of a payback of some form, like I rub your back, you're going to rub mine, then chances are uh, you're never going to get the same form or the same amount of reciprocity. And that's when you keep in your mind track what have you done for your partner or for your relationship, then inevitably you start expecting your partner to reciprocate. And if they don't reciprocate to your expectation, then you build resentment and disappointment, and then over time it just builds up and people grow apart because mm. usually these resentments are mutual. Now, if both partners come together with the full recognition that anything I do for you or for our relationship, I do actually for myself, and I do it because that makes me feel good. Riding your feet after a long day is my way to tell you that I love you and appreciate you in my life, and I don't do it to expect you to rub my back afterwards. Mm. or do the dishes or do whatever. I just do it because that's my way of saying you're dear to my heart and I love you and I appreciate you. And when people come with this kind of sincere sharing and complete, and and you you don't ever give or do something you don't want to do. Even, let's say, you're going to the movie and you want to see one movie and your mate wants to see another. And how do you find a common ground? Now, you have to decide what is more pleasurable to you. Is it more pleasurable to you to watch the movie you really want to see? Or is it more pleasurable to you to see your partner happy enjoying the movie they want to see? And you make the decision based on that. And in this case scenario, even if you're choosing to see the movie that your partner wants to see, you're not choosing it in the spirit of sacrifice. Oh, I'm sacrificing for you. I'm compromising to please you. You're saying, seeing you happy, my beloved, is so much joyful for me, and it's so much more important than seeing this movie versus the other one. Absolutely, I will go see what you want. Now, what do you, yeah, I do, I do, and I love it. What's, what happens, though, if you're in a relationship and you simply don't feel appreciated by your partner? You mentioned, you know, give and take, doing the dishes, blah, 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 blah. What if you're so burned out by working a 40, 60-hour week and you come home and you have to do the dishes and your sweetheart says, oh, you you missed a plate and you're ready to (laughs) to throw the plate at him? What What would you recommend in asking for that appreciation from your partner if you're not getting it? Such a great question, and it's such a common situation. Before asking for appreciation from your partner, I would ask myself, why am I with this partner? Mm. Why am I 
choosing to be in a relationship where I don't feel appreciated? Why am I choosing to be in a relationship where my partner is not contributing? Why am I choosing to put all uh, of the responsibilities or most of it onto myself and not um, allowing my partner to show up for me? Wow. And... And yeah. instead of demanding, mm-hmm, go on. <laughs> yeah, th- that's that's a that's a real aha moment, and that's where you have to. Some of us have been in relationships for you know decades or years, and you have to review that. And it's it's like having a garden. You have to really tend your garden. Definitely, we're speaking with international speaker featured on CBS Radio, Boston Business Journal, Bloomberg, Business Weekly, and ABC, uh, among others. Dr. Sky Blossom. She's the number one best-selling author of the award-winning book best thing ever discussing what stands between you and true love we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about the secret to successful couples and how do you attract your match coming up next on self-talk radio show can't sleep try this sleep meditation offers soothing meditations to help you sleep like a baby and awaken what's inside all you have to do is choose the meditation you want to listen to from our library at sleepmeditation.org click play and enjoy if you want to keep the recording purchase the downloads you want plus sleep meditation offers specials on motivational pieces that help you start positive change stop bad habits or sleep like a baby sleepmeditation.org Welcome back. I'm Sarah Spencer with Self Talk Radio Show. My guest is Dr. Sky Blossoms, the number one best-selling author of the award-winning book Best Thing Ever: Discussing What Stands Between You and True Love. And this has just been great, Dr. Sky. Thank you. Would like to ask you the mm. secret to successful couples. Hmm, such a wonderful question. Well, obviously there is more than one secret, um, but. Um, one of the one of the commonalities that I've discovered between all of the couples that are truly truly happy together is they all look within for any challenges that they face in their relationship. They recognize that the relationship is nothing more but the mirror of your own internal world and belief system and uh, your attitude towards life. And when something is not working, they're not uh, pointing a finger and saying that's your fault. They're looking inside and saying, okay, how am I creating that? So it's complete responsibility for all of your results. And fully recognizing that whatever your partner is mirroring back to you, you have to somehow portray in some way. And sometimes it gets a little bit complicated how this mirroring works, just for um, most people to understand. But just acknowledging that this is my relationship and I am creating it, whether I like it or not. This is my creation. That, that, that is empowering. So that's number one. And number two is that before they came together, each person in a couple, they have found their own balance and equilibrium in life and a huge degree of happiness. So there was no gap to fill And they were not looking for a union in order to become happy. They were already happy, and they looked to share their happiness with another. So you're already happy, and you're looking for someone to enhance who you already are. Or, yeah, and to share your happiness, to give back. Mm. Yeah, to share your life journey with. 
you're not looking for a partner to make you happy because you're fulfilled already. Okay. So for all the Valentines who had to go buy their own box of chocolates this past week (laughs) 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 and had to order their own flowers to their office, uh, how do you attract your match? Ah, such a juicy question. Well, um, you put yourself in the feeling space of what it would be like if you did have that relationship. Because here's here's the tricky part. As long as you believe that you need to be attracting your mate, you're not going to attract them. Wait, wait, wait. Say that one more time. That went went right past me, and I know it's important. So say it again. As long as you believe that you need to attract your mate, you're not going to attract one. So the more you want it, the more you push it away from yourself. Exactly. The more you are in um, in the exuding the vibe, that needy vibe, you need one, right? Yeah. And you know how they say the rich get rich, get richer and the poor get poorer. That's the same thing. The women who already have a ton of attention, they get even more. Or guys, right? And those who don't have any attention, they don't get any. So, and it seems to be like unfair game, but actually it is very fair because because of how how you're projecting yourself. So the solution to that is you're welcoming your partner into your life. And instead of having an attitude, especially for women, instead of having an attitude, oh, I have to attract and magnetize and do something, um, you already know in complete certainty that your ideal match is out there and all you need to do is prepare to receive them as if you are hosting uh, a beautiful, delightful party in your home, and the invitation has been already sent, and the invitation is your desire for that kind of partnership and union, and you are preparing your home to receive your guests, absolutely knowing that they're coming. What if they don't and, show up, though? <laughs> or what if they forget the hors d'oeuvres? <laughs> well, here's the interesting thing. They, uh, they must show up if you don't have doubt that they will. Uh, and the moment you doubt that they will, they will not show up. Ah, okay, okay. Now, how do you recognize the one for you? Um, that's that feeling of home that we talked about. Yeah. Um, for many couples that I have interviewed, it's that gaze into their eyes. And there is love and, ma- love and miracles go together. And I'm going to share a couple of stories with you, which I think are super cool. And every couple that I have met and interviewed, and including my own stories, anytime you meet the one, there is some sort of magic that starts happening around you. For example, there is one couple um, I, I worked with. Um, she they were co-workers for about five or six years and developed delightful, delightful friendship and profound trust and never looked at each other uh, from a different perspective of romance. And one day, they both were taking a walk on the beach and just discussing business, talking about things, and it's as if the uh, Cupid's arrows struck them both at the same time and they looked at each other with the new sense of, like, oh, my God, how come I've never seen you in that light? And it happened simultaneously, and they turned their relationship around in instant from being friendship and partnership and coworkers into being attracted to each other romantically. And they started dating, 
And when the time came to propose, when he proposed, she literally fell off the couch when he presented the ring. And the reason being is because when she was a little girl growing up in Taiwan, she came outside and you know how little girls talk to God or fairies and making wishes. And she was like maybe early, in her early teens, if not earlier. And she said, one day I'm going to marry a man who will give me a butterfly ring. Oh. And when he proposed, she never told it to anybody. No one knew. It was her agreement with God, if you will, or universe or however you want to call it. Right. And when he proposed, he gave her a, um, an engagement ring in the form of a butterfly. Wow. Oh, that's so romantic. I love stuff like that. Yes. And then that's um, undoubtedly, well, that that's a sign. That's that's your guy or, yeah. Now, exactly. let's, let's take it the other extreme. Sometimes if people go on a dating site or, or they go on that first date, they're looking for the love of their life after a first date. Sometimes, you know, love doesn't happen on the first date. It might not be till the fifth or sixth date sometimes. Or, or is, is that not accurate? Well, it depends. Um, often it does. Very often it does. Um, and you have that instant of recognition where you look in each other's eyes and it's just like right, right there. And you can feel it. It's the moment of complete recognition. Um, sometimes it's like for this couple, it happens six years later. <clears throat> Um, what I would say for those people who are going on a date, if you go on a date looking for the love of your life, it's going to be a little challenging and you're setting yourself for a lot of disappointment because every time you go on a date and it turns out to be not the love of your life, you come home thinking, oh, God, not him or not her again, and, and you build up that emotional happiness, which is not serving you. What I would encourage our single audience, um, our single listeners to do is go on a date to explore the beauty of another human being, not to meet the love of your life, to thoroughly appreciate and enjoy another person and to get to know them. And that open attitude will take you out of that judgmental, are you the one, are you not the one? And it creates pressure on both ends, and nobody wants that, and disappointments afterwards. So when you're, like, when you're showing up with openness and eagerness to see what else can I like about you, first of all, you're going to have a great time. Even if it's not the one, you're going to have fantastic dates. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is I, I dated, I I stayed single for 14 years. I just, life got busy for me and I decided mm -hmm. that I wanted to, there's a certain kind of person that I wanted in my life. And I did go out on a dating site and I had a ball. I met the most interesting people. And Mm -hmm. when I did, just as you advised earlier, when I just let go of the outcome I really enjoyed myself and I had fun and it wasn't this agenda of, oh, I need to find a partner. It was what an interesting person. Yeah, you're not the one, but it, you're my friend. And so I developed mm-hmm. some really great friendships out of dating. So I'm really happy mm-hmm. to hear you, you know, go in that angle is enjoy yourself. That's that's what dating should be is enjoying and learning about yourself and learning about someone else, too. And what, what's your take on dating sites and apps like Tinder? Have you have you heard of Tinder before? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I think um, 
it gives us great opportunity to meet people that we would have not met otherwise. So I think it's wonderful. Um, of course, you need to be um, smart about doing all of that because, um, you know, um, all kinds of people show up and be deciphering. But I think it's a great way isn't to it kind expand of, your horizons and possibilities. Yeah. But isn't it kind of superficial? Like you, you're meeting someone and just by the, you know, flick left, flick right, whatever, um, you know, isn't that kind of taking away from getting to know someone or is it the physical attraction has to take precedence over anything else? Well, each person has to decide for themselves. And if we said only do Tinder or only do like dating, then of course the the pictures will play a huge role. Um, And you can do both. It doesn't preclude anyone from meeting people organically just on the street or in a coffee shop or in a grocery shop. However, I find from experience that, especially for Americans, um, we are more reserved than, let's say, Europeans about talking to strangers. And it's not easy for many people to start a conversation with a complete someone you don't know, even if you like them, especially if you like them because you get all subconscious fear of rejection starts coming up and you might like a person across the table from you in Starbucks but it takes some guts to come up and actually talk to them and and knowing what to say so it's not as easy where in Tinder it's very easy to tell someone hi and then if the conversation doesn't go the way you want it just kind of disconnect from them and no strings attached so their pros and cons, the ease of that, I yeah. think, is appealing. Is it more superficial and you have to take it deeper? Of course. And it's up to you to communicate that you're not interested in superficial connections and taking it deeper and say, um, hey, I really would prefer a phone conversation, which is right away taking it into a new dimension versus just text. I personally cannot stand text. I think it's convenient for some purposes, but overall, you're not hearing the vibration of another person's voice. Yes. You their voice. <laughs> yes, and it can be misinterpreted six ways to Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some communication tactics you can recommend for dating if you get to the point where they'll actually accept a phone call from you? <laughs> what do you recommend uh, for, for communication? Well, I interviewed um, for one of um, the summits that I did last year, uh, a former CIA agent and shark fan cleaner, Jason Hansen, and he gave tremendous tips on dating because being a CIA agent, he knows psychology, he knows how to read people, and he knows how to ask them uncomfortable questions. So it's a combination of, and I, I just love his advice, and that's why I'm coding some of it, um, it's a combination of humor, like heartedness, and your capacity to ask difficult questions. For example, uh, being a man, she said, I would say to a woman on the phone, um, let's play 25 questions, and he would ask, so where are you from? Where's your family? And then right off the bat, he would say, so have you ever keyed your ex-boyfriend's car, or have you done anything crazy? Right? Yeah. And... It's a question that most people would be uncomfortable asking or afraid to ask. However, 
that's really functional question because it helps you to, especially if you're in, in like Tinder world or something, you don't know who you're dealing with. Right. And that helps you to weed out someone who is not even normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Good plan, good um, plan. Now, Dr. Sky Blossoms, you have um, some coaching tips and things, not only, you know, your award-winning book, Best Thing Ever, but do you have some other offers for our listeners that might help them in the dating arena? Absolutely, yes. I have for our listeners a free gift, which I think will serve you tremendously, and it's a download from, um, you have instant access through online, and it's an tr- emotional trigger removal toolkit. Uh, we all get triggered, like when we say our buttons get pushed, yeah. right? And nobody likes that experience when your buttons get pushed. But the truth is, as long as you have buttons, some, there will be someone who will push them. So my recommendation and invitation is to dissolve the buttons and clear out emotional baggage that most people drag around. And then it gets in our way of attracting the right person or building a healthy relationship because all of this heaviness from the past and disappointments that have not been healed or whatever, childhood trauma. And very few people grew up in perfect environment, right? We right. all have uh, endured certain things from our parents or our guardians or bullies at school, you name it. So healing emotionally really opens up flood, floodgate not only to inviting true love into your life, but improving every area from your finances to living on your purpose. So you can go to bestthingever.com forward slash toolkit and you get um, you get a free video which explains to you how these emotional triggers come about and why we need to resolve them and actually gives you in-depth understanding. And then it gives you step-by-step um, instruction on how to resolve a huge deal of them them yourself and you can you can actually do a lot of it yourself some of the trauma is subconscious and you need someone like me or um, another professional to help you bring it out to the surface and resolve it if it's deeper and a little more severe but you can help yourself a great deal just get get lighter and um, move more freely through life that's great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Sky Blossoms, number one best-selling author of award-winning book, Best Thing Ever, discussing what stands between you and true love. Hopefully nothing after this interview, huh? <laughs> mm. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was so much fun. And if you'd like to have uh, more information about Dr. Sky Blossoms, you can go to her website, bestthingever.com forward slash toolkit for the free gift. And also visit our website, selftalkradioshow.com. Thanks so much for being on the show, Dr. Sky. Thank you, Sarah. It was super fun. (laughs) I'm Sarah Spencer with Self Talk Radio Show. This program has been a production of Hall Communications, Burlington, Plattsburgh.